Welcome back to the Dental Bright Bites podcast, where we give you a bright bite into your dental business in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Sarah Kidd. In today's episode, I have to kind of apologize because we are going way over my rule of 10 minutes. However, I say kind of apologize because I think this topic is really important. Today, I'm interviewing David Harris, who is the CEO of Prosperident. Prosperident is a company that investigates and helps protect doctors against or after they've already been embezzled from. Embezzlement is a huge problem in the dental industry, and hopefully this episode will help give you some tips to combat it a little bit easier. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, David. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, let's get started with what your company does. Absolutely. My company is called Prosperident, and we really only do one thing. We work with dentists who have either found embezzlement or suspect embezzlement or want to protect themselves from future embezzlement. That's what we do. Awesome. And you come in and do like a lot of the, uh, I guess, the digging in and, and trying to figure out exactly what's going on. We're pretty comfortable working with basically any kind of practice management software, any practice situation, general dentistry, orthodontics, oral surgery, pedo, whatever. Uh, when you say come in, we don't do a lot of coming in. Most of the work that we do is done in a, in a virtual sense or remotely. Um, and I, I suspect that most of your audience will understand that if they're a doctor and they suspect embezzlement, the last thing they want to do is let the staff members involved know that they're under suspicion. So our methodology is designed around making it uh, inconspicuous. Yeah, that's great. So for my people listening, what are some common signs that they should look for if there's any uh, fear at all that someone might be embezzling from them? How can they kind of, what can they start looking for? A lot of embezzlement is telegraphed by an employee's behavior. And it could be something outlandish like uh, somebody showing up for work in a car that's just well beyond what you what you suspect their their pay would let them afford to somebody who doesn't want to take vacation or is extremely territorial about their duties um, doesn't want people even touching their computer or sitting in their in their workspace that that sometimes is a tip off um, it could be an uncommonly high amount of adjustments it could be a lot of patients questioning their bills um, or it could be something as, as basic as what I call conspicuous displays of honesty. In other words, honest people don't usually have the compulsion to keep telling you or showing you how honest they really are. When somebody does that, often it's a, it's a symptom of something deeper going on. Mm. They don't want to cross-train other people to do their jobs. Um, a lot of Embezzlers want some alone time in the office to do their work, so they'll come in early or they'll stay late or they'll come in on the weekends. Mm. Um, those are some of the symptoms. There are a lot more. Now, how common do you find that this is? How common is embezzlement? Um, the, the short answer, Sarah, is we don't know. 
because there's a certain amount of embezzlement that never gets detected. Mm. And there's some more embezzlement that gets found by the doctor, but they never tell anybody. It never finds its way into into the statistics. Mm. From what's reported, there's about a 60% chance that a doctor will be a victim at some point in their career. And the real number is higher, and we just don't know by how much. Gotcha. That's crazy. It's a big problem. Yeah. Um, so if if you're concerned that someone might be embezzling from you, what steps should you take? I'm probably going to answer that question in the reverse, and I'll talk about the things not to do. Okay. And the big no-no is to let the suspect know that they're a suspect. And let's consider two scenarios here. One is that you're right about this. And if that's the case, you do not want somebody to sense that the trap is about to be sprung on them because they might do something really drastic to try to protect themselves, mm. um, which could include in, in, in one case that I was not involved in, um, the embezzler burning down the office. Wow. Um, and on the other hand, if you're wrong about this, which happens sometimes, uh, you would not ever want to say to your staff, well, there was a few minutes when I didn't trust you, but I had you checked out and don't worry, you came out fine. Because that's going to ruin the interpersonal dynamic in the office going yeah, forward. So absolutely. whether it's happening or it's not happening, what should be done next needs to be done in a way that uh, does does not tip anybody on the staff off to the the fact that the doctor considered this possibility. So mm. that's that's the overarching concern. Uh, some of the wrong things that people do, they call the police. And mm. what they forget is that it's not the job of the police to tell you what's been stolen from you. You have to tell them that. And from that, they will apply the law. But it's not their job to go and audit your books. Mm. they will call their insurance company, which is premature. Yeah. Because the insurance company is going to ask you some questions like how much money was stolen, and your answer is going to be, well, I don't really know yet. Mm. And when did it start? Well, I think it was this time, but I'm not sure. And what the insurance company is going to say is like, go get your facts together, then call us back. Yeah. And when you do have your facts together, a lot of times the insurance company will help reimburse you some of it, correct? Yes, almost every dentist has coverage. And the, the, the typical that most dentists have, and I know you're in California, so so most dentists are insured for this by TDIC. Mm. TDIC covers $25,000 of employee dishonesty. Mm. If doctors have other coverage, that, that same $25,000 is, is the norm. Um, gotcha. A few dentists have more, or some have a bit less, but that's that's typically the coverage that they have. And okay. one of the uses to which our reports are put is to send to TDIC or whoever the insurance company is so that the doctor can get reimbursement. Mm. Okay. Now, I've uh, I've told some of my friends and customers that we were doing this podcast episode, and one of the biggest things that people keep asking me is, well, how do people embezzle? And I know that we can't really talk about that uh, on air like this because we don't want to encourage people to do the things that we're talking about. Um, but what I will say is one of the great things that you do is you travel the country a lot to give seminars and closed doors, only doctors allowed. 
and you talk about those things. Um, so I know we're trying to get you out here in LA for January. Uh, but you know, for, for those listening that kind of want to know the specifics, obviously we need to protect you guys and not say those things over air, but, um, definitely look up David and Prosperity and, and, uh, attend one of his lectures. Cause I think that'd be helpful. Um, <laughs> now, so another thing I want to talk about, I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine recently that he thinks someone's embezzling from them, uh, from him, but he didn't really want to pursue it because he was scared. And I think that there's a lot of reasons out there why doctors are, are scared to pursue an investigation into their practice. Um, so I'd kind of like to debunk some of those fears and, and talk about why someone might not want to, but why they really should. Well, first of all, some of the fears are legitimate. Let's, let's be honest. Um, we have some doctors who cut corners with insurance. We have some doctors who have even had an extramarital affair with the person doing the embezzling. Mm. Um, and uh, those people need to be careful. For the rest of the world, it's, it's paranoia as opposed to legitimate fear. Um, you know, and they're, they're all scared about the various retaliations that an embezzler might make. For example, reporting the doctor to the state board. Now, we can't stop an embezzler from doing that, but we can certainly put that complaint into the context of this is not somebody with a legitimate complaint, it's an embezzler who's trying to give the doctor a bigger problem than, uh, than the embezzler. And it's one of the areas where we're able to help because our, our report will establish pretty clearly what happened on the embezzlement side. and. Um, People who regulate dentistry in general are pretty smart people, and they can they can separate a legitimate complaint from, as I say, one that's designed purely to cause trouble. Hmm. So, so that's one reason. Um, doctors are obviously concerned about the cost of investigation. Um, it's 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 very rare that somebody is further behind financially after they investigate than before they do because of the insurance that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, and our typical investigation costs are a fraction of what that insurance covers. So typically somebody can come ahead financially. Um, mm. Sometimes they're concerned about their own time commitment if, if investigation is, is going to happen. Um, for the most part, we function pretty autonomously. So we don't need a whole lot of, of time commitment on the part of a doctor. And I'll add to that, um, the the one thing that kind of concerns me when I come across some suspicions with, with doctors is um, just in, in my history, it's, it's tended to be some of my older doctors that plan to retire within a set time frame. And, you know, the conversation always is, how do you think you're going to sell your practice if the numbers don't add up? Um, so, I mean, that's something common that I come across in my territory a lot. Absolutely. And let me amplify that for you a little bit. When somebody sells a practice, the buyer typically has an attorney and the buyer's attorney's job is to protect the buyer. And one of the things that the buyer's attorney will look for is, is stuff called representations and warranties. So this is when the seller makes declarations about their practice. And some of them are, are pretty... Um, 
generic. You know, I, I guarantee that my employees are not unionized is one that's very common. Um, but increasingly, attorneys for buyers are looking for assurance that there's nothing I know about this practice that I'm not telling you that would be relevant. And suspicion of embezzlement, especially unaddressed suspicion of embezzlement, is probably on that list. So if a doctor thinks something's going on and kind of hides their, you know, hides their, 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 yeah. their knowledge of this and says nothing, um, the, if, if the buyer finds out and suspects that the seller knew, the seller's got big trouble. Yeah. So if, if you're thinking of selling and you have suspicions, the best thing you can do hands down is address them and be able to say to a buyer, yes, I had embezzlement. I hired somebody. Here's their expert report. The person's been fired. The barn door's locked. Or alternatively, I had suspicions. I had a reputable company check it out, and they say nothing's going on. Mm. Um, either of those is far better than saying nothing and having the buyer come back to you a year after you've sold and you've given up your license and say, wait a minute, there were some things you didn't tell me, and I now want to rescind the contract. In other words, mm. I want my money back and you get the practice back, which is which is the remedy in a case like that. Wow. Which makes a heck of a mess. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in the event that you're just a overly nice person and you're like, you know, I think someone's been embezzling from me, but I don't want to send them to jail because they have all these personal problems and whatever your reasoning might be. What is the the process or what decisions do you have once you uncover that someone has been embezzling from you? A lot of people misunderstand this and they, they think that uh, the justice system is far more efficient than it really is. Um, if I've been embezzled from and I want to make a claim on my insurance, the insurance invariably requires a police report. It doesn't require that somebody be prosecuted or go to jail. And those, those things are, as a, as a doctor who's been a victim, well outside my control anyway. What the insurance company requires, though, is that I go to police and I make a report and I get a file number. Now, when I go to police, I can do this in one of two ways. I can either go to them and say, I've been stolen from, but you know what? It's not really important to me that anything happened to the person who did this. I just need a file number to make an insurance claim. And the police have far better things to do than um, prosecute people on behalf of victims who are unmotivated. So the police will simply give a file number and walk away. Or I can say, I was embezzled from, I'm really mad about it. I expect you to do something and I'm going to be phoning every two weeks to check on your progress. And in that case, you will get a little more attention, although it might not be as much as you think you should get. Mm. Uh, so it's very easy if you, if you really don't want anything to happen to this person to engineer that. What's sometimes a little bit tougher is if you really want something to happen to, to make that so. Got it. Um, so what other like quick tips or uh, something of that sort can you give to my customers that might be listening? Okay, I'll, I'll give them, I have a lot, but I'll give them two <laughs> tips that I, um, are, are really high value ones. Uh, 
The first one is this, assuming your practice has an alarm system, something that every doctor should do once a month is review what's called the access log or the entry log. So your alarm company keeps records of when people arm and disarm the alarm. And assuming that everybody has their own code for your alarm, which they should, you can, you can see who did it. So to take five minutes a month, and the, the alarm companies will happily email you a, a PDF of this log. Take five minutes a month and see if anybody's coming or going at weird times. Because if they are, that's a, that's a huge danger sign. The second piece of advice I'll give your doctors is those reports they look at at the end of the day and the end of the month should really be ones that they print themselves. Mm. When they delegate printing to somebody else, they open the possibility for what's called selective reporting. So this is when the doctor thinks they're looking at the whole practice and they're not. Mm. If you print the reports yourself, nobody can do that to you. And um, to, to use a phrase that's topical, a lot of embezzlers will hand their doctor fake news. Mm. So print the reports yourself. I know that some of your customers we're hoping, Sarah, that they can go through their whole life without ever learning how to do anything with their practice management software. <laughs> you know, it really creates a vulnerability. If you just learn that little bit, and if you're if you're a Patterson customer and an EagleSoft user, there's a technology advisor in every Patterson branch who will be thrilled to help you with this. So there's a great resource there. All you have to do is use it. Absolutely. Now, do you feel that way about uh, doctors having their like office manager, assistant, whatever, pay some of their bills? Because I know a lot of my customers, they delegate their bill pay. Are we talking about online bill paying or? Um... Just for like the various, you know, whether they're paying for supplies or um, whatever bills they might have that month. I know uh, you know, there's just been situations that have come up where doctors don't know what they've been paying for things. And, uh, we kind of had to dig in with like the assistant or office manager, whoever was paying, is that bad practice? It absolutely is. And, and I understand that very few doctors went into dentistry because of an unquenchable desire to be a business owner. Mm. Uh, for almost every one of them, that's the part of their job they hate. And, 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 Delegating it um, is, is something that appeals to them on an emotional level, and I get that. Um, there's a difference between delegation and abdication. And it's fine to allow staff members to, for example, make up the checks. But it should be the doctor who signs, and only after satisfying herself or himself, that it's a legitimate bill and it's supported by an invoice. Um, can that system be played with? Yes, it can. But if you're not doing that basic step, if you, for example, allow your office manager to sign the checks, that's abdication. Now, now you're not at all monitoring what's happening in your practice and stuff will go wrong. Great. So the, the day that you're planning to come to LA is July 18th? Uh, January, I think. Jan yes, January, sorry. Mixed up my J's. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that sounds right. Um, yeah, assuming we can okay. we can put it together, um, I would I would love to. Uh, uh, Great. See a lot yeah, of I'll work on that. There. But um, for those listening, January 18th at the Patterson branch in El Segundo, uh, doctors only. 
that'll be a great time for you to come out and learn a little bit more, uh, some more in-depth information about how to protect yourself. So thank you for coming on. Thank you, Sarah. And that's a wrap on this super long episode. Thanks so much to David Harris for coming on and sharing his expertise with us today. If you're looking for him, you can find him via his website, prosperadent.com or david at dentalembezzlement.com if you're going to email him. Like I said, if you're in the Los Angeles area, please join us on January 18th to listen to David's lecture. Uh, dentist only, or if you're in the San Diego area, he will be there the following day giving the same presentation. Otherwise, stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks so much for your support and have a great one.